This week in league, the Super League war finally comes to an end as the last of the News Limited Nazi war criminals deserts his post in shame. A asteroid hits the northern beaches, causing the extinction of the local T-Rex population. West Tigers offer Tim Maltzen an extended contract, one year for each bomb he has successfully caught. And we'll review all of the action from round 13 of the 2012 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 90 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. What a happy, happy, joyful episode this is going to be. I both find of us, that hard to believe. Hey, both of us had, involved. We both got wins. We did. Although that's been happening a lot lately, I must say. But we had some great news. I mean, we'll get into the news as well, though. It's one of the most fantastic days in the history of rugby league today. On two counts, especially one. I'm sure everyone knows. Uh, but firstly, uh, we have to welcome a new listener who was brought to our attention by another listener. Uh, he's on Twitter. He's at S. Borolius. This guy's name is Queely. You're not going to spell the old mate's name? Is- S-B-O-U-R-O-L-I-A-S. And now he's uh, said a mate of his by the name of Queely, which is obviously not a real name. But, Maybe uh, it is. But he's asked us to tell him. He's a listener of the show, and he's asked us to mention on the show to tell Queely to get onto Twitter. And he also said that um, that Queely said that the Stewart brothers have blood on their hands at Regallop. Agreed. So um, he sounds like just the kind of instigator that we like as a listener. So yes. Queely, get on Twitter. Queely, let me say this. Other than sex, footy, and Game of Thrones, <laughs> Twitter is the fucking best thing ever invented. <laughs> so set yourself up with at Queely. And get amongst it. And do it quick because fucking someone else is probably going to do it and impersonate you now. Yeah. <laughs> you said it. Well, okay, I'll tell you what, I'm not, I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to spell the Queerly thing. Fuck, how hard could it be? I'm from Campbelltown and I can do it. Like that? I didn't think so. Wow. Yeah, so I think he's safe. So you- <laughs> I would have spelled it the Campbelltown way. Yeah, exactly. Starting with a K. <laughs> <laughs> and wheelie, as in what you do on your drag stuff. <laughs> what you do on your BMX as you're running away from the police. On your Melbourne Star as you're running away from the owner of the <laughs> the, the uh, 7-Eleven with a carton of fucking Winnie Greens under your <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we'll kick off with some news. The first story we have, the Origin teams for Game 2 have been announced, and um, we can go through them really quickly because there's not a lot of surprises. Uh, (coughs) Surprisingly, I guess for New South Wales, um, unsurprisingly, Anthony Watmo's in the side. Surprisingly, it's not at the expense of Ben Cray. It's more at the expense of of, uh, T-Rex, who of course was injured anyway. They clearly don't want to win. Exactly. Clearly not. Uh, then we've got uh, some replacements in there. Tim Grant goes straight into the starting side, which I think is an excellent selection based on his form lately. Disagree. You disagree? Disagree. Okay, fantastic. And uh, and the cat, Ben Cray, he remains. No room for uh, Aaron Woods, eh? Possibly the most the in-form prop forward of the competition. Yeah, but Tim Grant's probably as in-form as, as, as Aaron Woods is. Yeah, but he's played a third as many games. 
Yeah, well, they put fucking T-Rex straight in after he hadn't played any games. So, I mean, that's, yeah, they're playing as well as each other at the moment, and I'm sure it was a close-run thing between the two. But, you know, given the stage... I'd like to see Tim Grant's warm-up for Origin 1. Yeah, well, given... Considering he wasn't fucking there, I bet it wasn't as good as Aaron Woods. Oh, I thought it would probably He did those twisty-turny things. He was fucking begging for a spot for Game 2. I mean, I I feel bad for the kid. Or trying to injure himself so he didn't actually have to get called up on the field. One of the two. And, I mean, you know... Now, now Woods is you know, the hand of the NRL has intervened, and you know they they haven't put Woods in the Origin side, so he's he can play for the uh, the big game against the Storm while the Storm are crippled by plays. I mean, you know, that's one. Of, I'm surprised they even selected Farrah for this one. I thought they'd leave him in there too, just so the Tigers could be full strength for that one. As it's been so carefully laid out. Your conspiracy theories <laughs> run deep, mate. As uh, as I was listening to Joe Rogan uh, just today, he's talking about conspiracy theories. He said, yeah, people people rubbish conspiracy theories, but. It's, it's human nature, there's, you know, there's conspiracy theories behind everything. doesn't necessarily have to be evil, you know, like weird ones, but, you know, it's a no-brainer, that one. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Jamie Pura is the uh, is the 18th man, um, just further, as further evidence that Ricky had no fucking idea what to do with him yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the first place, you know, crazy. Uh, you better put in a fucking impressive warm-up. The Maroons, pretty much exactly the same as last time, however... You've got Corey Parker in there at 18 and Ben Barber in there at 19. And um, that's as a bit of cover, I think, uh, because Matthew Scott, his mother, is passed away or very close to it oh, after wow. a long battle with cancer. And so there's a there's a possibility that he will not be playing. So if that would happen, I'd imagine, you know, someone like uh, Hannon or Shiloh will start. Sure. And then Corey Parker or Ben Barber will go in. I mean, there must be an injury. Is there an injury cloud over someone else? Because Ben Barber's a strange player that he can play prop and heartbeat he's got limited utility value you know he can cover Billy Slater but you know and a wing sort of spot but I mean not really he'd be alright if Billy gets hooked if he plays like he did in Origin 1 it's fucking highly likely yeah it's true but you can't hook him and put number 19 on can you yes they're gonna have to, <laughs> they're gonna have to get some assurances that Billy's gonna <laughs> gonna play that badly again but um yeah so uh, two strong sides with the exception of Ben Cray um and I heard, for hopefully a huge crowd there. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, well, you know you're going to get 80,000 in there or however many holes. Well, they put an well, extra they sell all on. the tickets. They'll sell all the tickets. They always do. Not they, always. They just don't sell them all in fucking 10 minutes. I mean, they're, they're all gone by the time the game, the game kicks off, though. Looking um, forward to uh, to game two. Like I said, two strong sides. New South Wales with it all to do, but uh, they've got all the inspiration in the world and a big crowd behind them. Um, they'll be tough to beat. Yeah, and uh, I heard that this... Uh, I can't remember what the time period was, and I probably should fucking have the number in front of me, but it's like the lowest number of changes across both sides. Like, I think it's two, and one of them was injury, you know, forced by injury with T-Rex. So the lowest number of changes across uh, origin sides, you know, in between games or in a series. It's because New South Wales hasn't fucking had some knee-jerk reaction and changed two-thirds of their side to... Oh, well, they didn't do that last year either. I mean, that's like... that. That's a, a Bellamy thing. Let's face it. Supercoach Bellamy. Yeah, he doesn't have a great record. I'll give him that. Exactly. Okay, uh, next story, and what a happy story this is. I was absolutely shocked when this happened. It just hit on Twitter, and I just was like, what? It's like people started talking about it like it was a thing, and like, huh? David Gallup gets assholed from the greatest game of all. <laughs> David Gallup addressed all NRL Not staff. Not quite. 
at Rugby League Central Headquarters in Moore Park at 1pm to inform them of his decision, in quotes, to resign. Sources suggested last month that Gallup was growing weary of the post after more than a decade at the helm of the NRL. He denied at the time he was considering stepping down from his post. His resignation comes at a time when the NRL broadcast rights have been negotiated and several months after the ARLC Independent Commission was formed. There have been reports of tension between Gallup and ARLC Chairman John Grant. However, it's not known whether this was the reason behind his decision to resign. Here is the full text of the ARLC media release regarding Gallup, which I'm not going to read the whole thing, but um, to paraphrase, the uh, ARLC today announced that the board and Mr. David Gallup had come to a mutual agreement that will see Mr. Gallup stepping down from his role as CEO of the commission effective immediately. Um, John Grant mentioned they wanted to do a fresh approach, um, and that came, that was a lot. The, you know, this fresh approach, fresh approach, fresh approach, that, that appeared in you know, almost every, yeah. A couple of times throughout the speech, um, Gallup said it's been a privilege for me to lead the game over the last 10 years and see the game's resurgence. I love the game and wish it well. Given there's never a good time to give effect to a decision such as this, the Commission and I have both determined it's best for me to depart immediately. I would like to thank the clubs, the players, my staff and the fans of the game. It's been an exhilarating and challenging period, but no one can do this job forever. Mr. Grant went on to say that David leaves with the broadcast negotiations under control following the appointment of Greenhill Caliburn as lead negotiator and the new whole-of-game strategic plan well advanced. The search for a new CEO will commence immediately and in the interim, NRL General Manager of Strategy, Mr. Shane Matisk, who is leading the executive's role in the broadcast negotiations and development of the whole-of-game strategic plan, has agreed to leave the business, lead the business. Are you going to so, apply? Am I going to apply? Mm. No, I don't want that job. Really? I'll do it, but I'm not going to apply when it offered to me. Well, yeah. I mean, if they offered it to me, I have to give a serious consideration. Yes. I mean, but I'd like to see what the selection criteria is. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, because, you know, obviously, I've pretty much got it covered if they just want someone who can oversee the game in an unbiased manner. (laughs) Even handed to all sides. I think I can do that. I mean, clearly, I've been. I can just easily just point, you know, whoever's the, the, the panel. The People already accused the referees in the NRL being biased towards the Tigers. Imagine if I was in charge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It'd be pretty fucking. Every week you'd be playing like fucking Parramatta. <laughs> We'd have twenty six buys in a row. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so, what do you think? I think it's a tough gig. I, I think that anyone in that position's is going to have a number of detractors um, and very few supporters over time, given the tough decisions that have to be made that affect, uh, you know, many, many clubs. So I can understand he's, he does have a lot of detractors. I wouldn't say I was I was David Gallup's biggest fan, uh, but I can admit that that's a tough gig regardless of who's doing it. Uh, it is, you know, this is a year where the, the Rugby League is making some massive changes and looking to push forward uh, into a new era with the new broadcast deal. Um, the independent commission is now in force and I th- actually think it's a it's a good sign to see that David Gallup has been there, you know, in charge of the game for 10 years uh, with all the changes and, and everything they're doing now to push forward and, and look ahead. It's, it, it makes sense that, uh, you know, there there is that, as they say, fresh approach there. Um, I don't think he's done a horrible job. I think it's a, a tough gig, as I said. Um, but when you look at the, the time frame, I'm not saying he's single-handedly responsible, but the, the game itself has come a hell of a long way in the past 10 years. Um, time will tell whether the, the person that takes over the position does a, a better job in the next 10 years. But, um, you know, 
the game that we sort of love so much is, is in a very healthy position at the moment due to a lot of people, not just David Gallup, but um, he's overseen the whole thing and, and that much he does deserve credit for. I just hope he apologises to Brett Stewart before he goes and he's a big travesty. Exactly. I agree 100%. <laughs> and I think he's done, he's done a good job um, in a couple of tough situations like the salary cap uh, fiascos with yep. the Bulldogs and the Storm. Now, the Storm, obviously, they're having a massive fucking party at the moment. I'm not 100% sure why, because it seems like, I mean, I don't know if it's because the doggies got busted, like, right at the time, and the punish was affected at the time, like, about six or seven rounds before the end of the season, so um, they kind of got over it because they hadn't actually won a premiership and then had it stripped off them, maybe that's why the Storm, because it was, it was more, obviously, heavier punishment over a number of years, uh, you know, maybe that's why they, they feel more bitter about it, but then at the end of the day, those guys actually, they sort of, you know, they broke the rules. And yeah, you know, they had to be punished somehow. And I mean, they might not agree with the punishment, but I think that most rugby league fans would say, you know, it was a fucking scandalous time. <laughs> you know. True. Whereas but, a club like Manly have just been po- penalised for being a bunch of cunts, um, and rightfully so. And David Gallup has handled handed down that punishment and refuses to say sorry. And I commend him for his actions. You just said he had to say sorry before, though, so you're just contradicting yourself, you smartass. Now, um, yeah, and he's handling over that. And most people on Twitter, the general vibe is, unless they're like, just, 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 just want to hate on Manly just to do it, fans of other clubs as well are saying you know, the handling of that as compared and contrasted with the handling of guys like Jake Friend, Benji at the Maccas, Robert Louis, um, you know, Todd Carney, any of them of those guys, the inconsistency on that aspect of the game was a fucking disgrace. Um, also, I think he's failed to control the referees and failed to, like, you know, get, you know, he had people installed in there to oversee referees and everything, but we're still getting, like, it's worse than it's ever fucking been. I mean, that's highlighted by the, the origin and all the sackings that come out of that that we'll get into. Um, How much could he do, of- though, as far as the referees go? I think the step of, of implementing Bill Harrigan um, as, you know, overseeing the referees... Was I thought that was a positive step, and but then he's in proven that he's incapable of doing sorry? it too. Though. He's but he's proven he's incapable of filling that role. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I think he he still wants to be in the papers as much as ever, and um, and that has an effect on uh, on his understudies there in, in the refereeing ranks. I think it reflects on his relationship with them, and um, but unfortunately, that's a tough one to get right, you know. Maybe so, but I mean, you know, you can. I mean, you've been watching league for a long time, so I, was, I can. I can remember times when the refereeing was fine. It was, and it it wasn't. I can know. remember people bitching about referees since the dawn of time. Yeah, but not with the same amount of regularity as like absolute fucking clangers, like absolute fucking clangers. When the technology is to for reviewing things is so much better, and they can still get it fucking so massively wrong. So there's no excuses, um, and there's, we're just seeing on on Twitter and uh, and forums and stuff. It turns out that there's there's a lot of speculation that he was arsehole first thing in the morning by Grant, and they and the article I mentioned that that what I read just before it did allude to some uh, friction, let's say between uh, Gallup and Grant, and that uh, well, yeah. and the wording of the releases makes it sound like it wasn't like oh yeah I just decided to quit. It was like. His resignation is a face saving. Is is was a cons- a concession that they gave him on the way out of being assholed, so he could save face and wasn't you know uh, you know dishonorably discharged. Sure, I mean that's probably the way most like uh, most big business would go about it, unless it was a 
a horrible transgression in there somewhere. Um, they've allowed him to save a bit of face, I guess, if that conspiracy theory is to be believed. I'd have to say that... There's not much of a conspiracy if he is, there, you know, If he is stepping down, um, if he was stepping down of his own accord, you'd probably think he'd do it at the end of the season. And not, and not, not just after signing like a new four-year deal or something. He mm. was like another four years on, I think, that he's, he's not too far into. Yeah, very... I mean, I don't disbelieve that. It does have... Uh, it does have legs, that theory, so... Certainly he uh, he is a type of bloke that probably would be a little bit abrasive to, to a different type of personality, uh, such as John Grant, so... Or abrasive to someone, you know, calling him out on his fucking bullshit. Let's face it. Let's face it. Which someone like John Grant could well be that type of person. Well, I mean, you know, John Grant, to me, you know, seems to be a guy that likes to, to side on the, you know, on the side of good and truth and justice. And you know, Gallup's proven that he's not that he's not that guy, and so um, I wish him all the best in his role with uh, the A League or you know the Greater Western Sydney AFL Club or <laughs> the fucking Western Sydney Soccer Club that's coming into existence or you know something else. Um, thanks for your time in rugby league. CEO of Manly. Yeah, that's never going to fucking happen. We've got a fantastic, we've got a fantastic <laughs> CEO at the moment. And you know what? I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying, "Oh yeah, Todd Greenberg should be the." CEO of the ARL Commission. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. That dude's a fucking shysty, slimy motherfucker. He needs to stay well the fuck away from the he's governing body. He's operator. I mean, remember Michael Searle was being groomed and now he's been shown out to be an absolute fucking shysty bitch as well. But I mean, Greenberg is far fucking dodgier. I mean, that dude is like absolute slime. I disagree. Business. I think he's the best administrator in the game and the fact that he took advantage of uh, some sloppy administration on Manly's part and, and stepped in and took their coach out from under their nose is more a reflection on how poorly Manly operate uh, than it is on, on Todd Greenbird's uh, credentials. Yeah, well, you say that, but I wish Manly would actually initiate <coughs> the legal action because, I mean, the fact of the matter is... Well, if they had it, legs, they probably would have done it. Although, I mean, I think it's more like, you know, it's all settled now. Manly cash strap. He didn't get anyone Can't that pay wanted. legal fees. He didn't get anyone that we wanted. He's uh, we got we got the prize. I mean, Didn't I think, want T Rex. Well, I don't. I mean, we would want him for the right price, but I mean, we'll get to that because I mean, certainly we they didn't get him for the right price. They got him for the price that's going to fucking drop the fucking balls out of their club. Took your um, favourite Sony out from under your noses, and there was nothing you could do about it. It's just sour grapes. Let's move on. We got cherry and we got foreign, and the real prize was foreign. That's the one they really wanted, and uh, it hurt that they didn't get him. But we'll get yeah, to that. Yeah, it's doing well. Hasn't fucking played more than two games in a row all season. Fucking joking, right? It's Benji Marshall of 2012. <laughs> Best player in the world. Next story. Matt Chechen gets arsehole from the greatest game of all. <laughs> a statement confirming Chechen's demotion, a move agreed upon by both New South Wales and Queensland, has been released by the ARLC. The referees for Origin 2 next Wednesday night will be Ben Cummins and Tony Archer. Cummins was retained from the opening game in Melbourne and will be joined by Archer, who's one of the game's most experienced referees. It'll be Cummins' third Origin game, while Archer has been handed his 11th Origin appointment. Sean Hampstead has lost his job as video referee after being at the centre of the firestorm over the controversial Greg Inglis try in Origin 1. He's been replaced by Steve Clark, who incidentally... He's just as much of a fucking gronk when you put him in front of the video box. He is a gronk on the field. He's as big a gronk off the field. Yep. Now, co-coaches Bill Harrigan and Stuart Raper today congratulated all the match officials on their appointments for the match. 
We were pleased with the performances of the officials in Origin 1, but there is also enormous competition from within this squad from officials who are striving to be part of these big matches. Tony found himself after Game 1 last year that situations can change, and we used four referees in the 2011 series. This year, Tony was very close to being selected for the opening match, and his ongoing performances have warranted his appointment for Game 2. Ben has done well to hold his position, particularly given the overall performance of the squad at the moment. <laughs> so, <laughs> that is fantastic sensational bullshit it's absolutely fucking true spin 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 <laughs> and it made had to happen he, it makes Harrigan look go. bad Harrigan exonerated everyone for every decision they made in that game pretty much publicly and, yes and then, um, and, and then now they've been removed so I mean I guess this is uh, this is his true apology and uh, his true judgement on the quality of those decisions and I'm um, you know, thank. Hopefully, you know, Chechen will never be seen in a fucking Origin match ever again. Uh, grand final, ditto. And you know what? I think even as a touch judge in an NRL fucking, even a Reggie's New South Wales Cup game touch judge is probably too much more than he deserves. No comment from you, Glenn. I'll take that as agreement. Next story: <laughs> Sam Burgess gets asshole from the greatest game of all. <laughs> <laughs> Key Rabbitohs forward Sam Burgess will be sidelined for four to six weeks after undergoing an arthroscopy to clean out his knee. Sam has been battling through with this pain in his knee for a few weeks now and the surgeon said he needs to get it cleaned up so he can perform to his best, Rabbitohs coach Michael Maguire said. He hasn't been able to train properly throughout the week yet. It shows the character of Sam to continually be putting his hand up and playing in pain as he felt he might be letting his team down if he didn't. The surgeon said it's got to a point where he needs to have it done and now is an opportune time with the buy this weekend. I didn't know they had fucking six weeks of buys, but anyway. Sam will be sidelined for four to six weeks. We know he'll rehab his injury properly and we're looking forward to having him back on the field for the back end of the season. If he doesn't get injured again. Yeah, now you're talking about the Benji Marshall of 2012. <laughs> Sam Burgess... Has played more games than Kieran Ford. ...is the Benji Marshall of ever. He's already been injured twice this season for reasonable periods of time. He's and the I, Benji Marshall of Thwopshire. And I think he's taken... Um, I saw something... That, I think out of... Fucking, I've got to remember the finger now. I think he's played something like... He would have, would have played... Or, was it 37 out of 51? Or that's how many games out he would have been? Like, it's fucking not much return on investment for the Rabbits. No no return on investment at all. And it just, I think it goes goes to show that pasty English people that after after centuries upon centuries of inbreeding on that small island of theirs, the fucking stock of their, just their DNA and their genetic makeup is so poor that they've spit out these Chalky breakable... Bones. Chalky bones. The, bo- bra- the, uh, chalky the Burgess ligaments. family got a lot to answer for. Mr. and Mrs. Burgess, instead of just popping out kids willy-nilly because you haven't got a TV, you probably should have taken your time with things and build, you know, maybe one quality one. Probably, you know, should have drunk some milk while she was pregnant and get some calcium into these fucking weaklings. I, uh, I think that has some merit. And I think, I'm surprised that it's their knees that gave out because I thought it would be their necks from carrying around those gigantic watermelon fucking heads. Well, they have been conditioned over a number of years because I suspect those heads have been disproportionate to the rest of their bodies uh, since birth. So <laughs> the, head, the, the neck's been conditioned uh, from day dot. The knees, on the other hand, uh, not so much. <laughs> Traps like fucking Dorian Yates. <laughs> <laughs> Next, 
I got I had to stop the arsehole for the season thing, uh, the arsehole from the greatest game thing now because Sid Yarrow, you know, he's out for the season, um, and it's disastrous for the North Queensland Cowboys because Sid Yarrow has been going fairly fairly well. Uh, he suffered an ankle syndesmosis injury in the loss to the Gold Coast Titans on Friday night at Skilled Park. It occurred in the first half when he twisted his ankle awkwardly. It looked the, ugly. The diagnosis: fourteen week layoff at best. Wow. So that's basically rubbed him out for the entire uh, the entire season. Uh, it also clouds his attempts to negotiate a new contract with the Cowboys and several other clubs are also interested and in some other injury news as well we had uh, Sam Rapier he's gone for three months after he suffered a torn tricep in the Warriors lost to the Storm he's a Kiwi Sam Burgess Sam Rapier <laughs> yeah he's a bit isn't he and next story uh, T-Rex becomes T-Dog and if you watch The Walking Dead which you don't but I know people listen to the show do watch The Walking Dead, and so you'll realise that the character named T-Dog in that show is the most useless fucking idiot on there too. So uh, welcome to uselessness, T-Dog. Wow. Now. You have gone back and forth on T-Rex. It's like you're on a T-Rex seesaw. It is true. It's true. But I just he's fucking useless. <laughs> oh, he's a great human. Oh, he's fucking hopeless. Oh, now, I love T Rex. I, I do love T Rex, and he's a great human. But I just think that uh, it's strange. It's strange that in, a, in a side that has like you know Cassiano and Pritchard and uses them in that sort of role, unless they've you know I guess Pritchard because Pritchard's a lazy fucking player, so maybe he's going to get the asshole you know one of these days. But um, yeah, four you years. Ain't up the Tigers. Probably, <laughs> probably they they all do when they're broken down. Uh, the four year deal uh, with the doggies will keep a T Rex in a blue and white jumper till the end of 2016. Uh, he agonised over the decision, but finally agreed to go to Belmore. Only made his mind up on the weekend, and the Bulldogs released a statement confirming the deal. Um, it goes on a bit more. Everything we know, he's played four Test matches last year. Made his Origin debut in Game One of this season. Um, Cabramatta Junior. Joins from Manly. Uh, he's a winner of the, of the Premiership in 2011, etc., etc., etc. And really, that's pretty much it. Um, now I know. I mean, they haven't really released any money, but I know from sources close to the uh, obviously the action in this deal. He's getting 600 grand a year, which is fucking massive overs for a player of his talent, uh, potential playing you know time on the field. And, and just age and like you know, stage of development, that's ridiculous money. And the makes me wonder what some of these other top players are on. I mean, I know that um, Cherry's got himself a massive deal close to that, and uh, and Foran's got a deal uh, around that as well, taking into account you know like increases in the salary cap and that sort of thing. Sure. I wonder how much money Lockie was on on paper because it's one of those things you never really saw, eh? Hey? Yeah, I um, bet you he wasn't on six hundred thousand dollars straight up, and deserved every cent of it. I imagine the thoroughbreds might have thrown in some fa- some paper bags, but I doubt his contract had six, said six hundred thousand dollars. That's a fucking humongous amount of money, and like, and what? Well, and the point is, that's the kind of money you'd give to like a Darren Lockyer, or in the case of you know the, with men like Foran and Cherry Evans, guys that actually playmakers that you know make players around them better, and you know t-rex he's not making anyone better around him i mean he's going to go he's going to give someone the massive palm in the face once at once or twice a game you know he could if you're lucky he could rub himself out for seven weeks with a tackle he could be injured for six weeks like he is this year the um you know the fact remains that even as most as recently as last season he was he was still fairly inconsistent in his performances uh he's had a fair bit of time off this season already with Suspension and he's going to have a bit more with injury. So, yep. The dogs, they're not adverse to paying overs for mainly players. 
I have I just have this feeling, and there's uh, there's also there's certain there's certain types of clubs out there as well where the the culture is good and the players will stay for less. Such as the West Tigers. Well, such well, you know, I would have thought that too until last year for the West Tigers. But like Manly's definitely one of those clubs. Yeah, you know, evidence with guys like you know Beaver and stuff like that, and uh, Ben Kennedy guys like taking less to stay. Um, and and the fact is that T Rex, if we could have got closer, he would have stayed as well. But the money that being offered, I mean. Canterbury had to pay massive overs to to get him over there, and so good luck to him. I mean, you know, enjoy that cash, dude, because I mean, it's probably the best fucking contract he's ever going to sign. I think you know, as a yearly figure, I don't think it'll ever get bigger than that. No. Um, and it's funny that six hundred thousand dollars—that's pretty much what they were offering Kieran Foran for the four-year deal as well. So it makes me wonder that you know the dogs just had to get a manly player. That has had to fucking get a manly player, and so they've got one and they paid massive overs for him, and it's not the one they wanted. Um, but yeah, I you know go in of peace. That's purely speculation. Go in peace, T Rex. I say um, that's fantastic money. Um, enjoy every cent of it, and because um, let's face it, we, we couldn't we, we couldn't match that kind of money. And on the bright side for us as well, it means we're going to you know no problems. You know Matt Bell and Brett Stewart. You know these guys they'll all be stitched. Brett Stewart's still not signed. He's not signed, but he's not going anywhere either. I mean, he just basically put a freeze on it until after Origins finished. Yeah, we'll see about that. We will. He's not going anywhere, um, and the only play, the only other player I think we may we may lose is our Wolfman because Leeds are willing to put up a fair bit of cash to get him over there. And if that's the case, I say fucking go for it, dude. Because I mean, get it where you can, especially when he's uh, he's had some terrible injuries over his career. So I mean, if he can get a massive super check playing an easy competition over there, yeah, it would be sad to see him go. But yeah, so he'll, as he'll for T Rex, I don't it. begrudge him on that sort of cash. You know, these guys, as we've said before, small window of opportunity to earn as much as they can, and, exactly. and that sort of dollar figure is not to be sneezed at so he re- really wasn't left with much of a choice yeah exactly and as well as saying about the clubs I mean like yeah you stay less stay at Manly I thought I would have thought until like last year kind of blew up a little bit with the West Tigers and then they paid massive overs to get Adam Blair in there I would have said the same thing about the Tigers there are other clubs I think the Broncos burning every cent I want out at the moment <laughs> the Broncos are another one I mean I think players you know might you know, want to keep the playing group together and stay for less. Although they do have thoroughbreds topping up brown paper bags as well, so you don't know how much of that's going on. But um, then you've got the other clubs, the flip side. The dogs have to pay a fortune to get people to, to uproot and go there. Parramatta, they have to get a, pay a fortune to get people to up, you know, for average players like Sandow, $550,000. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. Um, the Sharkies, just because they're historically weak, they are probably in a similar situation, although I expect that to change because they seem to have a good culture developing at the moment with Irvine and everything. Um, but yeah, and there's, there's other clubs as well that just have to pay ridiculous amounts of money to get guys to uproot and go over there. Cough, roosters, cough. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think the roosters, are, I don't think that's a, a, a symptom of their culture. I think that's a symptom of the fact that Politis and, and Ford, City Ford and everything have made it clear that the money's there to be had and the cars have been there to be had. So people just be like, fuck yeah, I'll jack up the price. Next story, Tim Moulton, not yet offered a new contract by the Tigpies. The future of West Tigers fullback Tim Moulton remains uncertain with his agent sounding a warning about the club's failure to table a new contract. The tug of war between Tigers and Dragons over Moulton became the biggest contract saga of the summer. Moulton knocked back a three-year contract with the Dragons on the grounds he was depressed about leaving Concord and carrying a serious shoulder injury. Now, six months on, he remains unsigned beyond October. It's a and major unoperated cons- on for his serious shoulder operation. Yeah, it's a major concern. With all the kerfuffle that went on last year, I thought we'd have something sorted by now, his agent Martin Torber said. Have the decency to let the boy know what's going on. 
No wonder he's had an uncertainty his entire career. The club have a lot to answer for that debacle last year. There's no point in hanging the kid out to drive for someone else's mistakes. I think it's fucking hilarious and rich that his agent is now expecting the West Tigers to operate with decency and professionalism in contract negotiations when they absolutely cunted the Dragons to suit his client last season. Oh, how the worm has turned, Timmy. Yeah, and... If he seriously wants another contract from the Tigers, do you really want your manager coming out and saying bullshit Talking like shit that? like that. Yeah, exactly. Let's face it, the Tigers, they're going to be sensitive about that shit. They heard enough coming from the Dragons side of things and the Dragons fans and everyone else, you know. I mean, they've been painted, rightfully so, as the bad guys in that saga. But as still, what? Bad guys? Yeah, as the bad guys. But they, they don't... I mean, just just because... I mean, there's no doubt about it, they were the bad guys, but I don't think they want to keep hearing about that shit. And especially not from someone who's trying to get a new contract with them. Uh, the irony is that... Maltzen could be squeezed out of the club because there's no position for him. I think his best position is at halfback, but they've made it fairly clear that they're going to go with Benji in the seven and it looks like Curtis Searin is going to be the man in the six. Yep. Um, and Tedesco comes back next season um, and he could be anything. So, unfortunately... New Daniel Fitzhenry. Could be. If they give him a deal, though. Well, yeah, if yeah, if they give him a deal. Um and what have we got here? Uh, Tim Sheens and Stephen Humphreys confirmed that the club was in discussions to extend Maltzen's contract, but Torbus told the Sunday Telegraph he'd opened negotiations before the start of the season and was becoming increasingly concerned at the club's failure to submit a formal contract. That's with the club and the manager at the moment. I haven't spoken to Warren about it the past few days, but the last instruction was to sit down and try and sort it out, Sheens said. It's not an issue from the point of view of having to be done today or tomorrow, but it's certainly something we want to sort out soon. So that's very funny because it's a, the reason why he negotiated with the Dragons last year is because the club was he was increasingly concerned at the club's failure to submit a formal contract, and now here we are, you know, not even a year later. Not exact even same, to, yeah, exact not even same. Close to a year later. Well, a year later from when he was yeah had to negotiate Off with the Dragons. Saga, first, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I you know well, I don't know that there's a place for him there. No, that's no, probably no. why they're not offering him a contract. And you know what? The funny thing is, I don't think there's going to be a lot of sympathy from anyone out there either, considering the way the whole thing went down with the dragon. Oh, Power will pick you up. Oh, actually, yeah, Power probably will pick him up. You're right. Or Canterbury. Or Manly. Canterbury might After Brett Stewart signs with the dogs. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Canberra. It was Canberra. Parramatta might sign, might, might sign him for 550 grand a year. <laughs> well, the doggies might, might sign him for 600 grand a year. They can push out someone like Aiden Tolman. Recaps, kick-off Friday night football, match of the round, no, the season. The mighty Manly Sea Eagles, 20, defeated the St. George Illawarra Dragons, 8. At Brookie, the scorers were, Manly's tries came from 1 to Darcy Lussick, his first ever try in first grade, and a hat-trick to Michael Oldfield. Like good players do. Jamie Lyons was 2 of 4 on the conversions, and the St. George Illawarra Dragons points came from a try to Vito, a conversion to Soward and a penalty to Soward. Oh, so George took the two. What a fucking surprise. Absolutely ignorant behaviour too. Like, that. why do they persist in that shit? I mean, they were... Uh, Manly started, you know, well on top. St. George, then they started to get the upper hand and the first time they got anywhere near, like, you know, something they could do something with the ball, oh, we'll just pot two. I just fuck. I don't understand it. I mean, everybody criticises that. that it's, it hasn't won them fucking games. I don't think it's ever won them a game. 
It worked in uh, 2010. But they weren't winning by two. They, I mean, they kept fucking scoring points, and you know. Yeah, that's right. But they they build pressure and turn it into points, and you know it was just gradually over the course of eighty minutes those points would accumulate and the dragons would get the wins. But the game has has adjusted since then, and I, I just can't see that St George have enough firepower in this side to score the amount of points required that to beat teams. You know, in today's game, two thousand and is a lot different to how today operates. So. Um, despite I think they've they you know in this game in particular they closed the gap to within two in the second half, but you never really got the feeling that Manly were in any danger of losing. Yeah, exactly. I never felt stressed at all in this game. I mean, especially after they got those that they hit that two point goal, I was just like, fuck, what, what the fuck are you doing, idiots? And that's when I thought, you know, okay, St George, uh, they're the same side, but they're just not as not quite as good. As that side, though, yeah, I mean, they're just there's always similar characteristics that you can see there. Like, but the, the game's caught up to them, and, yeah. and in some aspects, pass them by. Uh, it's clear that the Dragons aren't of the same class as, as the top teams in the NRL at the moment. I think their best hope is to make a late season run on the back of their defense when they get it right, and then hope their experience can get them through a final or two. But even having said that, that's that's it's still a tall, tall order in itself. Yeah, they're nowhere near the finals at the moment, are they? No, they're a long way off the pace. Oldie, I mean, seriously, the best position to play in the entire rugby league at the moment has to be fucking right wing at Manly. doesn't matter who it is. Jamie Lyon and Glenn Stewart are just serving that shit up on a platter. They turn anyone into a genius. <laughs> Anybody. and like Oldie, Even nufties like Michael Oldfield. Oldie just had to basically catch the ball three times in that game, put it over, done. Easy, easy to please, uh, superstar. Um, <laughs> and just, uh, just it was really it was a solid game. I mean, St George, their defence was was pretty good, and I mean they got away with murder, lying on players and things like that. But that's what they've done, you know, ever since the Wayne Bennett era. It, it slowed things down massively. It kind of detracted from the game a little bit as a spectacle too. As I think, it always like does. It kind of, yeah, exactly. But, but I don't think much has changed in terms of their defence. Really, I mean, it's, it looks very similar, but their attack. They've got nothing. Shocking. I mean, there's only one team I think that's probably attacking with less flair at the moment, and we'll get to them, and they wear lime green. But just un- like just the la- the thorough- total lack of spark. I mean, you know, they had a couple of occasions where I think Brett Morris made a decent break. Um, you know, you-, you had Matt Cooper. He was trying hard. But, but still not passing the ball. But still not passing the ball, you know, which is, you know, why would you have your veto's your option, you know? But actually, no, because they switched Nightingale over there now, haven't they? Like... Matt Coopers do. Yeah, like Matt Coopers do. Um, really, it's for, you know, all I really got to say about it. It was good to see Darcy get his try at the end. Barnstorming run, I think it was probably about a 30 metre try, but, you know. Has he re signed with the Eagles yet? No, but I can imagine that's, uh, that's much more of a possibility after the events of this week. He could be going to para. Well, I mean, that's... that's he could still go to the Dogs, who knows? No, no, he won't go to the Dogs, but if he goes anywhere, it'll be Parramatta, because A, his brother's there, and B, uh, they've tabled a massive, you know, one of those offers, like I said, uh, overs to get a player to leave the club. But um, he wants to stay at Manly, so, I mean, I think now they've got a little bit more cash, a bit more room to move now with T-Rex not re-upping, so I think, uh, you know, they'll be able to throw him a little bit more cash and he'll end up staying. Also, because I think it's crazy for him to want to move on, because... Like Brent Kite, he's coming to the end of his career in Australia. He'll go over and clean up some easy super in England for sure. Yeah, for sure. Jason King's not getting any younger. Null of ours. There's going to be a straight up starting spot there for him at some point. Yeah, I mean a starting a starting prop spot in a fucking dynasty side. I mean, like <laughs> <laughs> dynasty. Not even going to make the eight this year. Fucking Gronk. 
A, we're going to fucking make the top four. B, we won two grand finals in the last four years. That's as close to the fucking dynasty in the modern age as you can get. Who's done anywhere, anywhere near the same with a side under the cap? <laughs> West Tigers. Except for that. Um, what? Okay, so let's those look, premierships. We'll look at the last dozen, just the last dozen years of the West Tigers, just to be, you know, just to be on the safe side. Nothing, 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 premiership, nothing, 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 nothing. Is that enough nothings? Nothing, 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 nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's a dynasty, a dynasty of shit. Now, Twitter. At Manly Brett said, awesome win, Seagulls. Jamie Lyon, best centre in the world. And I would agree. And uh, and so would Andrew Voss. I was tweeting with the uh, my Seagulls live account. Yes. Uh, I was complimenting on on him actually uh, calling the game of the round and uh, Queensland is having to suffer Hadley in the, in the other game. And uh, he's, he made a request for Jamie Lyon, uh, please come to uh, the New South Wales Origin side. And if he did, oh, can you imagine the Uate Partes? He could. Hat-trick to Uate. Can you imagine the amount of tries Aaron Woods would get? Especially after being so limber after his warm-up. <laughs> this Aaron Woods thing is never going to fucking stop. He'll get his chance next year, I'm, I'm sure of it. You want to um, give me your fucking Tigers and decline bullshit, I'll make up something of my own. Mickey T, 1985. It's funny you mentioned that descent. Congrats to Oldfield scoring a hat-trick like good wingers do. Hash Tigers in decline. <laughs> Hash Dragons in spiral. We've got uh, at Miles underscore 91. Dragons should never have taken the penalty. Manly dominated from there. Lyon was outstanding and easily the man of the match. We had H Dragons fan. Manly, oh, here we go. Yeah, it is here we go too. Manly took baby steps to improving their head-to-head record against Hash Red V. Congratulations, I guess. Wow. Sad, isn't it? Bitter. At three-card magic trick. <laughs> it's the Nathan Gillis of Dragons fans. <laughs> well, no, because I wouldn't even go that far. Just be like, fucking cunts. <laughs> okay, at three-card magic trick. Oldfield hat trick, as all good players do. And I just want to say, I mean, I didn't include all the tweets like that, but there was probably half a dozen like good players. Yeah, it's do, a like thing. Good wingers it's do. been a thing it's for a, a thing. little while now. And, and so I do, as I do commend everyone who, who actually did uh, chime in on the meme. It was good. Um, so yeah, sorry, three card magic said Oldfield hat trick as all good players do. Clear to see hash dragons in decline and getting worse. Cray and Merrin, the tits on the bull. <laughs> well, Cray especially, I think Merrin gets a bit of a bad rap. I mean, he's uh, in my super coach side and he always scores fairly fucking reliably. So I mean he's he certainly cuts the ball up and, and does enough defence. Um because he usually starts on the bench too, so yeah, take that in consideration. Yeah, I don't have too much of a problem with Merrin, but jeez. Cray, clearly. And just remind just while I'm thinking of it now, someone said we should make like a uh, cats, thirteen or <laughs> something like cats seventeen, like <laughs> team of the year of cats, and um, wow. and then I went I went further. Actually, it was it was um, Aaron on on Facebook said that, and then I said, well, furthermore, we should take it a little bit further, and and actually name the thirteen cats, you know, from one through thirteen cats, or even seventeen, then organize an animal shelter to like adopt. 17 cats and then we named them the name of the player that is won that position <laughs> and then we farmed the cats out to good home so we're doing a good thing for like getting the cats away from being killed you know we could maybe even present the cat to the player and say, oh. and say hey Ben Cray this cat's called Ben Cray because he's a cat like you <laughs> give him a good home <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that'd be an awesome idea. So if you if you're involved in the animal shelter and uh, yeah you want us to save some cats, then uh, by all means <laughs> we will do that. Deliver a bunch of them to Ben Crazy House. <laughs> and finally, at make me a sandwich. Love loving watching the king get run over by Manly. Hash king of the cats. Hash more useless than Johnny Adams. Oh, I know. <laughs> that struck that, that was like a bolt of lightning out of nowhere. That one. Take it easy. 
Next game, the Gold Coast Titans, 28, defeated the North Queensland Cowboys, 12, up at Skilled Park, and the points were as follows. Greg Bird got a try, doubled a champion. Ashley Harrison and Kevin Gordon also with tries. Uh, conversions, Scotty Prince was 4 of 5. The Cowboys, they had tries to Corey Patterson and Jason Tamalolo. And Thurston was 2 of 2 conversions. If the Titans really do turn their season around, and I'm not saying that they will, but they look a lot better than what they did probably a month ago. Oh, absolutely. Oh, probably more than that. I'd say six weeks ago when there's the lowest point, I'd say. They'll look back on the first 10 minutes of this game as the turning point. They barely touched. They didn't actually touch the ball for the first seven, seven minutes, minutes yeah. of the game. And the statistics were absolutely fucking outrageous. And they held them out. Yep. Which is a credit to them. And the Cowboys scored. I think they scored one try in the last sort of minute. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Well, the, the very definitely as comprehensive a win as you've seen this season from any team. Yeah. Um. I'm not sure. I don't know whether it was the it was the Titans' best performance of the year, but. Fucking they defensively they did a number on the Cowboys, and the Cowboys maybe it was because of the defence that um that the Titans absorbed that might have you know I don't know discouraged them or you know sort of broke them mentally, but fuck me any other side in the competition you would not have seen Bo Champion getting those two tries, especially I think it was the second one that he scored it was the most lazy. Oh, it was just hard. The defence soft. There was they You'd say soft, Nate. The Cowboys had a three on one in defence. <laughs> because the because the the Titans winger wasn't coming into it, and so they just passed it, they just cut it out, and he just strolled straight through. And next thing you know, he's just putting the ball down, and the, and the Cowboys was just standing there going, "Yeah, huh? I thought you had him." <laughs> the Cowboys head into the bye uh, this week, and they in they, decline. In decline. Fucking oath. So they really need to regroup after two straight losses. One against the, the resurgent West Tigers who took them to school in a uh, masterful performance. Well, it does actually say, I mean, the, given the way that the Titans put them away even by even more, I think it does get, you know, put some more context into that game, actually. I mean, it showed how weak the Cowboys really are. <laughs> <laughs> Being beat by two Gronk sides in a row is embarrassing. This is a, it's, it's a club that's not immune to an epic mid-season collapse either, the Cowboys, so... All their good work that they've done so far this season could be well undone in the next sort of few weeks if they don't turn things around. Uh, young Caesar for the Titans. He's a big part of what they're doing um, and certainly responsible for a lot of good things happening over there at the Almost moment. Almost all of it, I think. Is it, it'd have to be the I'm, first half since Preston Campbell to really take some pressure off Princey. I'm giving him probably 60 to 70% credit for how the Titans are going at the moment, to be honest. Wow. He's making Princey look like a player again. Oh God! Instead of fucking liability out there, he seems to be enjoying his football a lot more. Because I mean, there were times like last year and the start of this year he where, where tired. Prince, he just looked like it was it, like cause you get Thurston gets a certain look about him when he's doing it all himself. He just gets fucking angry and he just gets the shits. He's kicking the ground. He's blowing up at the referees. He's blowing up at everything. Princey, on the other hand, just looked like he just did not want to fucking be there. Like he just had it, you know. Yeah, I'd agree with that. He seems there's there's a definite spring in his step now. Definitely life in um, him now. He's got a bit of help there in the halves. He's also got a lot of help from his back row, and I think Bird, Harrison, and Miles are a great illustration of what the Origin period can do for that caliber of player. Yeah. Um, up until the Origin period, they probably weren't having their greatest seasons to date, but uh, certainly through Origin so far and the and the games that they've played for the Titans, um, absolutely killing it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, good for the Titans. They're taking the year. I mean, it's not often. I wouldn't imagine the little brother would take out the uh, the uh, season series against another Queensland side. Yeah. But they've done this one easy, 46 to 12 across the season. Impressive stuff. Dominant. And there was some figure. I mean, the the, the 
Cowboys didn't even get their first try for quite a while. I think it ended up being something like 153 minutes, I think, for the Cowboys to score against them across both games this season. Shocking. So, uh, yeah, not bad. Now, can I go on the Twitter? Yes. Okay, so we've got uh, at uh, Miles underscore 91 said, the Titans have really improved their attack with Caesar in the team and their great defense kept the Cowboys out of the game. Agreed. A definite <laughs> Luke O'Dwyer looks like an Ugnaught. You don't know what that means. No, you're right. <laughs> Star Wars thing, I'll show you later. At B15542. Fuck you, North Queensland. Go choke on cock, you bunch of hazlers. Hash Tigers in decline. Hash Thurston in decline. I just I can't help but wonder if he's a Cowboys fan. It was really... <laughs> very very upset indeed. Very, it seems like a Quinn alias for Cambo too. <laughs> uh, Troy underscore 79. A great game by the Titans. Easily their best game in two years. Caesar looks the goods and Prince is benefiting from it. And we've got Sea uh, Leeds 24. Prostitutes score more on Friday nights than the Cowboys do. Ouch. And Aussie 11198, another packed house at Skilled Park. You'd think they'd want to go to the game to avoid listening to Ray Hadley's commentary on TV. And, wow. Uh, and there was a bit of a backhander to the Queenslanders as well there, uh, getting stuck with Hadley. Yeah. So, fantastic work. He's not my favourite, let's say that. Yeah. Moving on to Saturday, and why don't we hit your one up first, hey? Why not? West Tigers. It was the fucking first game on Saturday, you idiot. West Tigers, 40 Let's do the other game first, just to fucking do it. Wanker. See, there's nothing peace and love coming from here tonight, but now you have to go on and be all fucking confrontational and, quite frankly... And do things in the right order, quite, yeah. Quite, quite, frankly, oh, wow. quite frankly, a cunt. West well, Tigers... not very peaceful or lovely. <laughs> you fucking mate, see? I keep trying to get out and you're just dragging me back in. West Tigers 40 defeated the Canberra Raiders zilch. It's a Godfather reference, right? What? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Oh, sorry, I, I just powered on and inspected you to get it. Um, Tigers, their points came from tries to uh, Matt Utai, Farah, Liam Fulton, double to Bo Ryan, uh, Ben Masilla Murdoch, and Curtis Murdoch Masilla, you Murdoch Masilla, that's right. Uh, 40 points. A big Kurt. Well, he's finally. I mean, not just Zero. not just uh, he's, he's not just uh, you know the the bench substitute. You know, mix around like you know pseudo fucking six. Now he's going to be the real one. So and he's finally earned his spot. Uh, and Canberra has got sweet fuck all nothing. Yes, absolute as they deserved. Well, I mean, it's yeah they did deserve it. I mean, this is uh, in in far as rugby league is concerned. It's very rarely... I mean, teams play certain ways to get rid of their coach. I remember there was a game with uh, the Roosters against Manly. Well, the whole coach coach killer things come from... You know, they yeah. come from teams play with absolutely no commitment. And and that's when... I, do you think it's a conscious thing? Or do you think it's just like some, this subconscious thing as a group where they're like, you know, we're not happy, blah, blah, blah. We're just going to get fucking pasted. I don't think the coach you can get- play footy your whole life for the love of the game and then get to some point in your career where you just completely willingly throw the towel in yeah. because of your coach. But I mean, but, I've, I've maybe half a dozen times in the entire time I've been watching rugby league that I've seen something like this and this is one of them. It was, it was like, woeful. Just the non-existent defence. When they did get the ball in decent field position, which was probably only three times across the entire game, it was just one-out stuff. Like, they they just were not fucking... <laughs> there was, professional football players have been playing hundreds of thousands of dollars for zero... Zero yeah. fucking effort. It's shocking. Canberra's getting desperate. They named Dugan at 5'8". 
um, to try and spark things and get the ball in his hands a bit more. But I can't see that little experiment lasting very long. I think Josh Dugan's one of the first players to drop his head when things get tough. Uh, he goes into his shell a little bit, doesn't uh, doesn't run the ball, um, and isn't involved in the play as much as he should be given his status in the club, the money he's being paid, and, and the way that the other players look up to him and, and look to him for leadership and, and to put something on. It's just uh, pretty pretty poor, this whole performance from Canberra. The the drop balls and the way they were dropped wasn't in necessarily through the impact of tackles. They were just dropping it cold before they even got to the line. Um, having said that, you know the conditions were fairly horrible, so I don't know if that played a part with them. Um, and maybe when they did see it was going to be raining, they might have thought that the Tigers would be the ones to throw the towel in, not them. But uh, it ended up far from that. I think the Tigers controlled the game throughout uh, and completed their sets. Their statistics for completed sets were really high. Yep. Um, and did, played did what they had to do. They just, they just did what they had to do. They just ran through yeah. the motions, um, scored tries whenever they felt like it, whenever they got within like, you know, sort of 20 metres out. I mean, there was a lot, there was a couple, one or two long, long-ish range sort of tries. But like the one with Bo Ryan when he fucking ran through the entire, you know, team and, you know, across the other side. But a lot of the tries were just fucking woeful, like little just grubbers dribbled in behind the line, you know, yeah. 20 metres out, just atrocious. It was a nice rehearsal for finals footy as far as the Tigers' attack goes, and it will certainly help them with their for and against. But um, come September, I expect every team to look like the Raiders did in comparison with the Tigers on, on Saturday night. But... Um, as for the Raiders, how many more performances like that have they got in them before Fern is given the punt? I felt absolutely positive that he was getting the arse on Monday after their performance. It just everything about it was. If you want this to turn around as a playing group, you need to asshole the coach. And I was, and there were rumours going around that there was going to be an announcement from Canberra, you know, later that day, blah blah blah. But you know, it didn't eventuate to anything. And um, yeah. Just fucking oh, absolutely. I mean, like I, I feel so bad for Canberra fan, like fans of the Raiders, because I mean, fucking no one deserves their team to just. Well, lie they've had like their that. share of injuries too, which hasn't helped. But geez, they're just quitting on their coach at the moment. Uh, the Tigers, like I said, dominated throughout. They were very impressive. Did what they had to do. Beat a, a lesser side, uh, but controlled the game throughout and, and really put an impressive eighty-minute performance together. And I mean, and then Canberra could have put in. And lost forty nil, and it wouldn't have been, you know, and it wouldn't have been so dire for them. It would have been like you know, if they if they had to put the effort, in. it would also have been fairly obvious that they were putting in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, because like you know, you look at the two thousand eight grand final. I mean, there's no one would accuse the Storm of not putting in. I mean, they fucking you probably uh, would. Well, no, I thought they fucking they they competed as well as they possibly could against the dominant team of the millennia. <laughs> but um, you know, <laughs> we can fucking go. We can go on about that all night. Um, <laughs> Cambo ninety six. He's got something to say. I bet. What a surprise. 40 nil against Canberra. Meh. When you can do it in a grand final against a storm side that was a million over the cap, then you can talk. And that's true, but I mean, you're not exactly, you're not You're not trying to fucking compare it anyway. Um, no, ours is way better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as I said to people, I said that Glenn's too smart to fucking, um, to even try and draw parallels. He just I did actually win. say to Nicklin, let me guess, before, because I wasn't on Twitter during the game, obviously, but, um, as soon as the game finished, I said to Nicklin, let me guess, I'm going to get on Twitter and Nate's going to have something about 
hey, Tigers, your 40 nil was okay, and I'm going to let you finish, but our 40 nil was the greatest of all time. <laughs> and I didn't, or something uh, along those lines. And I didn't see that. And I'm you all, disappointed me. I'm all about the peace and love. Oh, peace and love, man. I mean, you enjoy the win. I mean, it's good to see you. Know, it's good to see a smile on your face because God knows there's been some fucking dark times. You know, as recently as <laughs> a month or so ago. Um, so you know. <laughs> anyway, we're in the top four where we belong. Soon to be in in second position and uh, chasing down the storm. Who's going to falter? And Tigers minor premiers. <laughs> storm, Undefeated. Storm Astros. will go to falter. I mean, it's, as I said, you know, it's nice, nice timing. I mean, the NRL do draft up this uh, draw all in a, all in advance, so they knew when you were getting them. They knew the likelihood of you at you uh, earning any origin spots out of that side. And um, you know, and yeah, well, Aaron Woods. Aaron Woods should definitely be there. Not even a shadow player for game two. He's that he was that shit at being a shadow player in game one. It was the greatest warm up in the history of rugby league. You say that. But clearly he's not there again. So even if they, you know, New South Wales selectors, how can you explain anything they do ever for the last seven years? All right, Ben Skinner. Is that a new person tweeting us? Ben Skinner, barber for Origin, born in Darwin. Hash, that's in Queensland. Uh, DJ explain. Tigers could only manage to put forty on the hapless Raiders. Now try and do it to a sombrero team. Hash, Tigers in decline. Hash, go Manly. And uh, there it is. And he's back again. I wish the Tigers were playing the Bunnies so the Burgesses could show Lottie what a hat trick looks like. <laughs> Hash Lottie in decline. Uh, Troy underscore 79. Cap, cap, oh, well, I don't know why I put that in there. I don't know. It's because the Tigers in decline. So we get, I'll read that one later. B, this is another newish one too. B underscore Q star. So it's B underscore Q S T A double R. Tigers win 40 nil. Hash NRL in decline. Uh, Aussie Ouch. 11198. I can only imagine going to Canberra Stadium on a Saturday night is what hell is like. I feel bad for the 10 fans that showed up. And uh, yeah, It would have been pretty woeful down there. And there it was, was a- about three or four minutes in, and they went for a scrum, and all the steam was coming off the players. Yeah, it was fucking... After three or four minutes. It was it ridiculous. would not have been fun for anyone involved. Uh, and then we've got um, at Macca Dan MC. So M-A-C-C-A-D-A-N-M-C. Poor Edric Lee. He's going to catch a cold playing outside Croker. Hash, go yourself, Jared. <laughs> he had an unhappy game, Croker, as did Edric Lee. Had a couple of errors. Um, and, you know, they weren't alone in not showing much enterprise in attack, were they? They, they weren't showing enterprise anything. I can't even... I mean, they could have put the cheerleaders out. Um, <laughs> next game. Canterbury Bulldogs, 23, defeated the South Sydney Rabbitohs, 18. This one was at ANZ Stadium, just shy of 20,000 people in attendance. The points went as follows. Tries to Kristen Inu, Ben Barber, Jonathan Wright, David Stagg. Kristen Inu bagged himself a field goal and three conversions. The Rabbitohs, they had tries to Dave Taylor, Dylan Farrell, Justin Hunt. Two of three conversions for Adam Reynolds, and he also grabbed a penalty goal there. Captain Snooze could well become no days within a month of his new deal. He could, but I mean, he's. I don't. I don't want to preempt anything, but like you know, he's he's his play in his first two games for the doggies has been revelatory to say the least. He's got a point to prove to the Warriors how long that point lasts and how soon he can get his form up to that level after the whole realization that the Storm just don't. Ah, uh, sorry, that uh, his club just doesn't care anymore. Yeah. The Warriors obviously didn't care enough to keep him, shipped him off in what was a ridiculous decision, but um, he's going all right, isn't he? 
He's, I mean, he's gone fantastically well. He's he's basically carried over his form from the finals <laughs> last season, <laughs> and we thought, you know, well, you know, this was, you know, we had the whole no dose thing, blah blah blah, and then he just fell into a bucket of shit again. Mm. Um, but he's turned it around. This game, I mean, you know, doggies were hammered early. Yeah, but they really they showed some real resilience, which is a bit of a Hasler trait after going well behind early and and surging late and and looking very impressive in the process. Once they found their groove, they they really turned it on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and what do you think about the the one thing that people keep talking about as well is um is the almost try. Uh, towards the end there for the Rabbitohs when I believe was it Farrell or was it McQueen when uh, he's ran he dived he kind of dived early and then got taken sideways and he sort of leg went over the sideline before he, he crossed the line with the ball yeah I thought no try but yeah it was definitely no try but do you think he dived like dived too early or that's what everyone's saying like you know he'd be depressed because like if he had have dived later there wouldn't have been the time for him to be pushed you know slid around you know across the sideline. Like kind of like hard cost, to say. Kind of I would, he cost him the game. I would say he probably mistimed it. The thrust being that he cost him the game. I would say he's probably mistimed it, but yeah, he's she's tough call. I think he's taken. I think it's, he's putting it like he's been quite hard on himself over it. Um, Another Burjoy makes his rabbits debut. Yeah, was it? Were, were all of them on the field at the same time this time? Was it just the two of them? Just the two of them. Just the two of them. Yeah, and the Burjocalypse is coming. And also, an interesting thing that um, some of the guys were tweeting at some doggies fans. Um, and I tried to chase down, you know, a few alternate viewpoints to make sure that it actually happened. But uh, Sam Burgess was copying it on the way off the field, and he actually chucked the bottle at the at some. Yeah, I heard. Fans. I saw a couple of people that were that were eyewitnesses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, and you know, some people was like, oh, you know, there was nothing, you know, no malice in it. But then others are like, no, he was looking straight, you know, straight at us and scowling. So he fucking meant it. And then I heard from the unverified. From the from some doggies fans that he's like that he was he was spitting it he was spitting it <laughs> someone Jesus. some fan or something and no one else no one was prepared to go on the record and and uh, and say yeah I, you know oh, they were all like well I didn't see that so I can't comment but I saw someone uh, on Twitter say something like that as well so it sounds like old Sammy was a bit dark doesn't about it doesn't sound all. like him but how do you know what sounds like him though? I mean can you understand anything that comes out of his mouth yeah but I mean you don't have to you only have to look at the the expression on his face to see if there's malice as far as hoiking a bottle yeah, and spitting. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. doesn't take a lot of articulation. No, no. There's a watermelon head. I mean, does that mean he's like seeds? He's like <laughs> seeds shooting out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Benny Barber. Earned himself a shadow spot in the Origin He did. Team. When was the last time he didn't have a highlight reel in a game? Well, you know, he did go through a period. Remember when um, it was kind of, was it late last year where he sort of, you know, he was dropping bombs and looking really bad in defence and stuff like that? I mean, that certainly affected he affected him. I mean, he's had a couple of good games this year, but he, he certainly hasn't been like a each and every game kind of scenario. He's always, he's had one moment in every game I've watched him play this season, a minimum of one moment every game where he, he does something spectacular. Yeah. And as was the case again in this one. Yep, and uh, yeah, so, yeah, earned himself a uh, a shadow spot. You know, I'm not sure how he'll be used, but obviously he's been brought into the fold for the Queensland yeah, Origin side. I so. suspect he's obviously there to cover um, cover any injuries, but I don't think he'll be used in the squad. But he'll benefit th- from the experience for sure. Maybe Queensland are just trying to tip their side towards a more wholesome side, and you know they're going to hook Slater and uh, get Benny in there, which I would applaud. Twitter, Mr. Bowles, Kristen Inu with another well-timed fuck you to our friends over the ditch. Hash, mad butcher in decline. 
<laughs> then we've got our Michael Darren, 79. I hope James Graham smashes Sam Burgess's face so he'll never be in the social pages ever again. Wow. That one got retweeted the fuck out of too. I saw that everywhere. Uh, we've got B15542. Fuck you, Inu, you Muppet. Fuck off back to the Warriors, bro. Chur. Hash Tigers in decline. Jealous. Hash Hasler's Thurston's dad. So this is the same guy that went crazy on the on the Cowboys at the Cowboys game. He's just angry at everything. And how's he get Hasler's Thurston's dad out of I don't even fucking understand what the parallel is. What, me either. what does that even mean? I don't get it. Solzy, 04. Douchebag sitting behind me at the game yelling out instructions to Souths. Hash move up, hash tackle, hash pass. Genius stuff. Hash better than Ferner. And of course, Solzy is a Canberra well, fan. He didn't pay a lot of attention. No. GT351 underscore Johns. We always got to include a tweet for him when it comes down to Doggies games. Fantastic effort by Bulldogs. Got hammered by refs early. Captain Snooze, great game again. Great effort, Bulldogs. Hash refs in decline. That was his uh, gracious tweet that I put up there. I mean, because he had other ones. He was bitching about the referees early. And he had tweets saying that oh, Manly didn't deserve to beat the Dragons because he just loves fucking trolling Manly fans. <laughs> um, so I just put his, like, he's. His, the one that we the usually it's logical one. You get one good tweet out of him just before he sobers up for before work. Or just before yeah. he tips himself over the edge with that fifteenth rumbo. Yeah, exactly. So I mean you just gotta get that window of clarity and grab that tweet and put it into the show. Okay, and we have the unique one eighty. I don't mind getting up at four thirty to watch games like the past two. Barber is a genius. Hash X Factor for Queensland. Hash all diamonds. Hashtags in decline. <laughs> and uh, Tirana, 3.55. What a crap game. So many mistakes by both sides. Souths butchered the win by diving too early for that last no try. So there you go. Someone's mentioned it. Next game. Melbourne Storm, 22. Defeated the New Zealand Warriors, 12. Mount Smart Stadium, 20,500 people in attendance. And the Storm's points came through. Tries to Jamin Lowe, Cameron Smith, Will Chambers, Gareth Widdop. Uh, Cam Smith, three or four on the conversions. And the Warriors, they had tries to the beast, Manu Vatavay. Conrad Hurrell, Maloney, two of two. And Jamin Lowe scoring tries against Joe. We've got some issues. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but the Warriors looked good, like, you know, to a point. I mean, they raced out, didn't they? To They had a decent lead. They are looking the goods. Um, you know, Hurrell out there. Looking devastating as as per usual. Scored one of the easiest tries he's ever going to score. Sure, to I think to their credit, the Warriors uh, did try to keep playing their natural game after going ahead uh, fairly early and taking that lead into half time. But uh, perhaps they, you know, could have looked a little bit harder. And and whoever they've got there for leadership at the moment, be Maloney or whoever they they're going to look to. Um, really needed to control things and, and slow the tempo down. They just got a bit ahead of themselves and really kept trying to put Penrith... Uh, put Penrith on. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Penrith there. How about them? <laughs> I can't believe I said Penrith instead of points. Those two don't go hand in hand. Um, to try and put points on, and they they really just needed to tone it down and control it and, and close the game out. I just Instead of trying to blow Melbourne off the park, so I was impressed with the Warriors earlier. I was impressed with the Storm coming back, though. And sure. then by the time it all started happening, you know, there was really nothing that the Warriors could do. Um, they were powerless once again. The Storm towards the you know, later stages there's of the game. There's no better the side than, than Melbourne when they get a bit of momentum. Yeah. You know, they start to get, you know, the upper hand, especially if they're on the you know, on the comeback trail. Um, 
after falling behind, then if they do get that momentum and gain the upper hand, then they're impossible to stop. Uh, I thought Slater bounced back well from his Origin 1 performance. He, he's had some really good touches in this game, including that run to set up yeah. the last try. Almost man of the match, you'd say. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. But uh, the minor premiership, they say, seemingly Melbourne's to lose. I just don't know they're going to get run down from here. I don't think so. I think well, I mean, six points clear. Yeah, they, they they tend they tend to win the minor premiership quite a lot, though. It doesn't guarantee anything from that no, point definitely on. So, um, yeah, you know, you can just always slot book them into a, a top two spot at this stage, and um, you know, the season's over half over, you know, <laughs> half over now. So, yeah, you know, unless there's something absolutely cataclysmic happens in the second half of the season, they lose three on the trot. You know, I don't see it happening. And the Tigers take it out from under their nose. Yeah, you know, the Tigers are going to start too. playing top team sooner or later. So, um, you know. The losses will therefore follow. Um, now, the first tweet here from Make Me a Sandwich. I want you to read it. Um, we've got a lot of tw- like a lot of tweets to us, and a lot of the ones that were just on Twitter in general, not specifically addressed to us, were all concerning the commentators. Now, my feeling is, I think they're unintentionally hilarious. And like, whereas you know, back in the Costigan era, it really annoyed the shit out of me. Yeah, these guys, I actually think they make the games, the Warriors games, better because actually, it's just funny. Yeah, well, I mean, the new guy. It's well, your husband, is, and and he's just funny with the way he, he sort of, he, he every time a player rucks the ball up, he like talks about which school he went to and played for and all this sort of stuff. And then, when Harold scored the, the first try, the Hurricane. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he tried to copy my Hurricane that I that I you know brought out, you know, back earlier. But um, everyone's trying to rip us off. Exactly, it just fucking happens. But anyway, the first one concerns his pronunciation to players. So the make me a sandwich one there, you can read that out. He's done it phonetically for you. So Matalino with the ball now. Through to Vatuvai, what a Mitch. <laughs> hash every game, hash team up with Johns and Fitler, hash Vatuvai, aka Butterfingers. He's. Yeah, the, I love the way he pronounces the players' names. He pronounces he pronounces the players' names correctly, and it is actually interesting for once to hear people actually pronounce them them correctly. Yes, I just think we don't need the whole like they're not they're not racehorses. We don't need the whole fucking lineage of the player and everything that there is school <laughs> and like you know he played for fucking you know Waikato preschool. But, you know, I mean, why well, can't I just Ray Hadley it and say that he's a prop forward three quarter? Exactly. Exactly. That's all we need to know. The Chapo, 82. Hate the Kiwi commentators. Seriously, they murder the English language on a <laughs> weekly basis. Hash English in decline. So there's the alternative viewpoint. Next game, the Brisbane Broncos. Fiddy defeated the Newcastle Knights, 24. Uh, very strange game, this one. The Broncos, their points came through. Tries a double to Justin Hodges. Sam Thiday, Andrew McCulloch, Josh Hoffman, Jared Beale, Dale Copley, Jack Reed, Corey Parker, six of six on the conversions. Peter Wallace grabbed two for himself as well, and a penalty to Corey Parker. Newcastle Knights, 24 points came from a double to Bedaris, another try to Wes Nagama, Richie Fauso, and Wes Nagama was three of three. Brisbane's youth got them a blazing start, but they also lapsed long enough to almost let Newcastle take the lead. It was a worrying sign for uh, Coach Griffin, I think. This is a fucking strange game. I mean, like, it seemed to go forever, especially the first half. Brisbane went out to a massive lead. And they then, kind of won the game in the first 20 minutes, and then all yeah. of a sudden the Knights were coming back, and then they had that try that was you know, just barely disallowed right at the end. It would have Not tied even it up half a half. a metre in it, I reckon. Yeah, less than that even because you know how they do the whole thing when the guy kicks it if you're where you're you know one yep. foot's over. I mean, because Mullen had one foot back and it, and the other guys you know, I can't remember who it was behind him the foot that came off, but his foot was right up sort of alongside Mullen as well. So it was really dodgy. I mean, it definitely wasn't a try. 
it was unfortunate because you know as far as the spectacle for the game it was fantastic the way Mullen picked it up and raced away and yeah he had to do some work there to beat some players to get himself into the clear then it was a foot race and he made it I was uh, I was of the opinion that they were going to give it I didn't even give a thought to to it being offside but um, it happened so it wasn't much in it but they got the call right yeah yeah and it was it happened so quickly I mean it must have been Broncos players you know sort of pointing out no he was offside blah 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 you know to make him you know, go back and check it. But like yeah, the commentator said, I mean, they should have really, you know, Mullen, if, if Mullen had any inkling that it could have been offside, he should have just taken a dive five metres out, quick play the ball, and some dude could, you know, the next guy could roll over from dummy half. Yeah, you could see him when he was, when he was sort of looking to, to track the ricochet to pick it up. You could see him look up and see there was no one there, and he only yeah. had eyes for the try line. So yeah, yeah. he wasn't giving it another thought. just want to make a comment on Willie Mason. Um, he obviously started the game, and, and you could just tell that guy, say what you want about him, but I can see why players do like playing with him. And, and yeah. he's he was just revving them up. And behind, you know, even when Brisbane were really sticking it to him early on, he's behind the goal line and really. I was quite animated in the way he was talking to the players and trying to rev them up and get He's them. He's the most passionate player they've got there. And considering there's some fucking Newcastle lifers in that side, yeah. like guys like Bedaris and stuff, like, man, I mean, and it was the same, he did the same thing when he was at the Cowboys before he went off and, you know, had a fucking disgraceful English and, and uh, uh, rugby career. I mean... But he was also bringing a, a bit of mongrel as well. Like, he was getting in Sam Thiday's face. He had a bit of a running battle with him throughout the game. He's putting in, and also he said, you know, I don't want to talk contracts on my focus is on the, you know, turning yeah. the team around. I mean, the dude's a fucking model citizen as far as, you know, Bennett must be concerned. You'd, and, you'd um, think so. I mean, you couldn't begrudge him getting a new deal based on what he's shown so far. Exactly. No, it's only a handful of games, but he... Um, I'm just not sure the the players around him are good enough to respond um, to his yeah. you know to his inspiration. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's pretty sad for Newcastle. So. It is, it is. And then Newcastle, they got they got the stage. They got to within two points. Uh, the Broncos, you know, through uh, a penalty. I think they got there at the 26-18. The try was scored. It was 26-24. Yep. Knights are pouring it on, and then all of a sudden, they just stopped playing. When Brisbane scored that try to to kick ahead again, they. Newcastle noticeably dropped their heads. Yeah. And Willie was the only one trying to pick them up. And there was plenty of time left. Heaps. I mean, they did. Broncos didn't score. You know I mean? They had enough time to put another four tries on. So, you know, it was... They had Brisbane, the, the tries Brisbane let in was very, very soft. Very soft, yeah. Um, and, and same for Newcastle, to be honest. They obviously got touched up 50 and had 50 points put on them. But, um, yeah, I just thought that the effort the, the Knights put in... To, to get within two points probably warranted them carrying some semblance of that effort through for the 80 minutes, but they just couldn't maintain it. Yeah, mentally they just don't have it, and it's really kind of strange for a, a Benny side. It just shows he's got a shitload of work to be done. Yeah. Okay, Mr. Wars. Oh, Mr. Wars, he's back. He said, uh, not a convincing win, but a few things were made clear. Hodges is such a fantastic player, and Gillette has no arms because he can't tackle. There was a guy behind us giving it to Matt Gillette. Yeah. And rightfully so, because he had a bit of a shocker there in defence. Yeah. Um, he was sitting there in a Broncos jumper, absolutely screaming for to Hook to get him off and yeah. um, saying he can't tackle. And and then Gillette promptly made f- sort of five or six bell-ringy tackles in a row. 
It's very but impressive. But he's got he's got the bell ringing tackles in him. though. I mean, it's the the rank and file stuff. I mean, you know, he he can put on the hits, but he needs to you know make the tackles that need to be made. You know, when yeah. they need to be made. Uh, Mister Wars goes on to say, I know why the Broncos picked Gillette at five eighth versus Manly last year because his tackles just as well. Jesus, <laughs> nearly cost us. It's not often that Sam um he's slagging turns Lockie. on his own. He's t- slagging Lockie there too. <laughs> yeah, he really is. I mean, he's indirectly slagging Lockie, and we got our uh, Cruzio six. The uh, perpetual Cruzio 6 has said, uh, we won, that's enough for me, and on no hog's breath power, hash hog's breath power. <laughs> so he didn't go to hogs before the game. Strange. The reason why? Because it was an afternoon game on the Sunday that uh, it was too late for lunch and too early for dinner. I suspect Cruzy's mate probably still went to Hog's Breath. And had the hot probably dog and the rest own. of it, you know, did, you know, did the whole thing. Uh, Man can have eight dinners. Yep, Big Dan, 1985. We're worse than last year. Stone should have stayed as head coach. The brand of football is unattractive as your Glenn's head. (laughs) (coughs) And finally, B15542. I'm not sure who's playing worse, Brisbane or the coke-snorting Newcastle Johns. Hash Tigers in decline. Hash Hasler's Thurston's dad. He's really trying... Look, I'm going to be honest. I don't get it. And... And secondly, I don't think it's going to catch on. Not even if we spruik it. <laughs> but I mean, you're listening to the show right now. It's a bit sh- hard to spruik it if we don't get it. Yeah. Now, Tim, you're listening to the show right now. So I want you to get on Twitter, open it up right now, and please explain why Hazlitt is the dad. <laughs> please, because I'm just not seeing it. Now, Monday Night Foot Bitch, boil over. The Parramatta Eels 29 defeated the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks 20 at Parramatta Stadium in front of a crowd of almost exactly 10,000. Strange old game this one. The points for the Eels came from a double to Luke Bird, a double to Jared Hayne, and Ryan Morgan also got a try. try. Uh, Sandow with a field goal and Luke Bird 4 of 5 on the conversions. Sharks points came from tries to Gallon, Colin Best, Isaac Gordon. Carney was 3 of 3 on the conversions and 1 and 1 on the penalty goals. Clearly, playing for New South Wales has different effects on different players. Um, you look at Todd Carney in this game, he's now kicking balls 20 metres backwards. Calling Todd Kamali. <laughs> Whereas Jared Hayne, I think he's rediscovered his mojo. The Hayne plane is he's back. He's two, 2009-ing this shit right up. He is, and he's done it a couple of times this, you know, this season. It's kind of gone unnoticed because they've First been... First time in, we've seen the Hayne plane. It is, yeah, but I mean, he's, he's had performances like this and because cool. because it was against the... Uh, well, the first time they played the Sharks this season, actually, where they kind of c- competed for the you know 60 minutes of that game. He had a fantastic game then, and he, there was another game he had a really good game too, but because they actually lost those games that um you know they the performance wasn't you know kind of noticed as much but um yeah he's certainly i mean he's peaking at the right time Cronulla, on the other hand that first half was probably the best half of football the sharks have played since 2008 they were completely dominant in every phase of play 71 to 29 i think the possession may have been at yeah, half time ridiculous unbelievable a 20 to 6 lead um and the second half unfortunately i think Cronulla are starting to falter after such a promising run of victories it must be really disappointing for them but um, I just wonder how they're going to handle the next month of footy, and unfortunately, I think it's going to indicate where they are, where they're really at at the end of the season. Um, not just in top four position, but also in respect to the form the other teams are in. Because they, let's hope they haven't peaked too early. Yeah, and um, and this wasn't really Origin affected as well. I mean, like no. Origin's obviously scrambled uh, Todd Carney's brain, but 
you know, Gallon was there and then, you know, he had a sort of a knee twinge. He was taken off with probably 15 to go or something like that. There you and, go, yeah. And he was going to be put back on if the game was still live with five minutes to go. But then um, Parramatta, pretty much at that minute, they scored the try that put him ahead by uh, eight rather than two. Yeah. And um, when, that was um, all she wrote. Yeah, Hain, Hain scored his second try. That was enough. And they, they weren't risking Gallon any further. Yeah. Um, Chris Sandow with a field goal. Do you see him? Had that leer look on his face, like, give me a high five, boys. He's like, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm that guy. I'm that guy again. Remember, yeah, remember that's that why they paid us. That's why they paid me so much money, he's, boys. He's like, uh, check, yeah, check, check this out. I'll, I'll just kick the field goal. Once every 12 weeks. I just kicked an early I just kicked an early field goal. Let's see if they've got enough time to come back from it. <laughs> <laughs> but he's learned, obviously, he's learned because he kicked it late enough in the game where they couldn't. Um, but yeah, good on the Eels. I mean, their fans, you know, suffered a lot this season. I just, uh, I implore them not to get too excited at this stage of the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, positive signs, but yeah, you know, we'll see. Uh, R. Benso is one of those long-suffering Eels fans. Uh, he's over in the States. He said, how about those Eels, eh? Still too excited to be frustrated about how long it took them to get their act together. Then we've got uh, Freak09. Cronulla's first half is probably the most dominant display this season. Not sure why they sent the cheerleaders out to contest the second half. Not uh, far off the mark, Joey. Joe V. Miller. Sensational tweet, this one. Who retired? <laughs> <laughs> 102 Megan. I can't, remember the, I can't remember the last time. This is actually concerning the round in general. I can't remember the last time the Roosters went so well. They didn't let through any tries and Anasta didn't miss any goals. And I just thought because we we're in the last game, I'll throw that in there. When Ouch. we got there, we got Mr. Hendo, 33. As much as I love Carney, what was with those horrible banana kicks? Does he think he's Joey Johns or something? <laughs> uh, Scotty Eel. <laughs> he's actually, he's done it as a, as, as a tune, obviously, for the Cronulla, a parody of the Cronulla song. Is it uh, it's like, LOL, LOL, Cronulla, the men in black, white, and blue. LOL, LOL, Cronulla, the Eels just shit all over you. And finally, Loz Quite Isn't he? Australia. At halftime, it was the massed bands of the 12th mounted Vuvuzelas, but it turned out weirdly okay. If a shark <laughs> stops moving, it dies. That's a fucking... <laughs> that, that's, that's, that is a random tweet. That is a... Uh, yeah, and we'd expect nothing less. <laughs> Loz, Jesus. <laughs> Okay, previews. Where are we? Round 14. Pretty inconsequential round, this one, given there's no manly game. Not much happening. But we kick it off on the Friday night football game. Unfortunately, and this is like, you know, all jokes aside, this is a game that would be, you know, one of the one of the games of the season, you would think. But origin affected, players out, it's going to be totally fucking the opposite. Uh, Melbourne Storm... We'll play him again in week one of the finals and the Storm finish eighth. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's ridiculous, and you know what I mean. You, you may finish eighth, certainly, but yeah. Melbourne Storm versus the West Tigers. So, the Tigers, once again, true to form, didn't release their team until about 7 o'clock. <sighs> so, I don't have the team. But God, that's know, annoying. But Sirenan does. He has earned the six. So. As he should have. And I think he went well enough to... to- yeah, get it for the rest of the and season. that's the most important point. Um, the storm, like Gareth Widop in uh, in the one, which is fine. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. They got Maurice Blair. He's back. He's in the six. Wow. Rory Cost Jason in seven. Jesus, they're going to suffer these guys, aren't they? Fucking hell. Um, you know they don't lose much there with uh, with, Hin- with Hinchliffe in the nine. I mean, you know he's not Cameron Smith, but he's a he's a good player. But wow. No, Robbie Farrow obviously uh, depleted the site. So- it depletes the Tigers somewhat, but uh, Aaron Depl- Woods will be 
looking to uh, prove a point after his hideous omission from the New South Wales State of Origin team after <laughs> what it was of you know possibly the greatest warm up in the history of rugby league. Um, he'll be looking to put another you know 190 odd meters together, another 20 or 30 tackles, and probably 18 hit ups or something like that. Just just become the norm for him. Yeah, and the the other the other interesting thing in this game is the storm. Anthony Quinn named in the pack. <laughs> so excellent. I look forward to Adam Blair running over the top of him every time he goes anywhere near him. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, it'd be like what who wins in the battle of the you know, the the unstoppable grub versus the immovable grub. I mean, because that's you know those two coming together. I mean, the grub in the tigers jersey. <laughs> I mean, there'll be there'll be elbows and cheap shots and chokes in the in the ruck galore on I that. I suspect so. So oh, Tigers look, I, I expect the Tigers to win. I'll be very disappointed if they can't put together, given that Storm are missing their three best and most influential players. Um, and really, they, they, this is exactly the type of game they should win. Um, I expect them to. I think it'll be a fairly tight game, though. They'll probably only take it out by about eight points. I reckon they'll win by fucking thousand. Wow. Easily, I mean, that's for this, this the storm without the the top three. Yeah, that affect, that affects their attack. I, I'm just not sure it, it has a huge effect on their defence. So they're a machine with you know Nazi German precision when they've got all their players in there, but when they're not, they're just a fucking gronk machine. So they're going to lay down and get flogged. Okay. Next game, Newcastle Knights versus the Canberra Raiders. So. The Knights. What a shit game this is going to be. This, this is, um, I mean, their positions on the ladder doesn't really say this, but this is like a worthy spoon battle, isn't it? I mean, Cam- there, there's no the way team. they're going. Comp- there's no team in the competition that is performing worse than Canberra Raiders at the moment, and the Newcastle Knights would be the only team possibly that could challenge that. I mean, think about it. Penrith are on the up again. Parramatta just came off a win. Titans are on the up. These two sides are probably the worst two sides in the comp. I'd agree. Given Newcastle are at home, you'd have to go with them, but it's not with any real confidence. I'd just say, just because the Canberra, what, you know, is there a way to get negative points in the game? Is that <laughs> going to get rid of the coach? Because, I mean, they did everything they could last week to get rid of their coach, and it didn't work. I mean, they really meant it when they said they had to lose 30 games in a row, didn't they? <laughs> Very so, true. Um, Dugan, the experiment with Dugan in a six, it continues. Yeah, they said they were going to give him more time, so... Just, I mean, Fensum's been named. I mean, I thought he had a concussion last week. I thought that many had to have a week off, but, you know, clearly not. Um, you know, as badly as the Knights are going, just, I just, Canberra never been the best away from home. And at the moment, God, even worse. And they'll probably get done by heaps and make Newcastle look far better than they actually are. If the Tigers can go down there and put 40 on them at home, Newcastle have to get, like at least, have to get the chocolates there. Yeah, at least 26. I mean, yeah, considering how badly they're going. Um, okay, next game, we have the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks versus the Gold Coast Titans at Toyota Stadium. Nice Sunday afternoon game for the Sharkies. If you ever told me six months ago, that what did I think of this game? I would have said it was going to be a pucket of shit. But uh, based on the way both teams are going at the moment, I think it would be fairly entertaining. Uh, but I think the Titans, given they've, um, their impressive win last week, Probably going to take that one out. Yeah, and I think that uh, mostly, for the most part, the Titans retain. I mean, they obviously they, they do donate some players to Origin, like you know Harrison, Bird, um, Nate Miles, etc. But I still think got that, a fairly formidable pack. Yeah, and uh, and their their back line remains intact. So 
you know, they're, I think they're looking pretty good. Um, you know, the Sharkies, obviously, they, they remain almost completely intact. But, I mean, you take out Gallon out of the side. And that's well, like, Gallon, Gallon that's, and Carney, yeah, I mean, again, take, they're two most yeah. influential I mean, Carney players. at the moment, you know, not going that great. But Gallon is like the heart and soul of that club. I mean, you're taking probably 25% out of the Sharks when you take Gallon out. It's yeah. simple as that. I have to go Titans. Yeah, I think so. And then this is, uh, if the Titans win this one, then the Sharkies in decline. Officially, officially. Uh, okay, now moving on to the 3pm Channel 9 delayed game. Stream it if you can. Sydney Roosters versus Brisbane Broncos. Now, at about 5.30pm, the Broncos side hadn't been released yet, so I don't have it in front of me. So I'm not sure how they're covering for the origin. Um, but I'm prepared to say Broncos by 100. I mean... Roosters with no pierce. This is the thing. I mean, the Broncos... Uh, Corey Park is a shadow player, so I'd say in all likelihood he he will still play. Still without Thiday, Thiday, Hot Petro, Gillette, Petro, Gillette. So, <coughs> so too many big names out, I think. Yeah, but then you look at the Roosters, and sure, yeah, they've donated less pl- less players to the cause, but I mean Mitchell Pearce is a is a key key piece He's of their massive, side, yeah. you know. Um, but Daniel Mortimer played well in the game against Manly when um, he was covering. He the has week. actually gone all right in the. T- Limited time that and, and yeah. opportunities he's had so far this season. So they say he started against Manly. I'm going to go okay. with the Roosters. I think the Roosters can do it. Um, it's not in Brisbane, so I mean, you know, everything seems to be going their favour. It's just uh, whether Matt Chechen, which side uh, has paid him the most in the Dutch auction. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're looking for an upset, I think the Roosters, you know, possible chance, and the Broncos. Geez, fancy that. They had three losses in a row, a win against the Knights, who are the second worst team in the club at the moment. And if they lost to the Roosters, who aren't fantastic, no, that's Broncos in decline too. So let's hope it happens. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that Broncos, yes, I do. Monday night foot bitch, the Penrith Panthers versus the New Zealand Warriors out at Centibet Stadium. Should be a good crowd out here. I mean, it's a public holiday. Um, Queen's birthday. Yep. So no excuse for people, you know, not to be able to get out there. And, uh, well, the Panthers. Warriors are pretty much untouched by Origin, yeah? Pretty much. I'm trying to think of anyone who that'd actually be donating to Origin. No one, would we? I'm going to have to go the Warriors. The Warriors side looks really good. I mean, the Panthers, they were kind of on the up, but, um, you know, how a buy affects them, how the loss of Luke Lewis and Grant has been the catalyst to their turnaround, I think. Let's not forget Michael Jennings. And Michael Jennings, well, you Won't know. Won't be able to bring the vitamin C supplements to the uh, he players at after. He doesn't play for Penrith anymore. He plays for Windsor. Oh, my apologies. Yeah. So, I think... Um, I think the Warriors by 12 points. Yeah, and no, hopefully a big game from uh, the Hurricane, Ben Henry, uh, Simon Mannering, and anyone, else, and anyone else who's in my fantasy soccer. <laughs> And with buys galore, Bulldogs, Manly, Cowboys, Eels, Dragons, Rabbits. So uh, not a lot of action this weekend. Makes for a short show next week, I guess. Sure does. Okay, that is full time for episode 90. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. We're on Facebook, about to crack the 900 barrier, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Killing Welcome it. to the new people. Did you see the thread there with um, Boner? 
Yes. As, with his brother getting on the show and saying... Boner, uh, talking about us butchering his name. Yeah, Boner. Jesus, Boner. And um, he was getting a Boner over you know over us mispronouncing his name, but also his, his brother's come on board from yes. Canada. And uh, he's loving the show. The good Boner. The good Boner, yeah. And, uh, Not the crooked Boner. And I'm sure, yeah, and I'm sure that he won't be complaining about the way we describe his Boner. No, he'll love us. But, yeah, welcome. He does have a firm grasp on his boner by the sound of him. <laughs> Much like his brother. Okay. The character trait of, of the boner family. iTunes. Well, I guess, firstly, we can't talk about iTunes reviews without without revisiting the, the, uh, the ballad of Andos, Andos 20. 20. Um, <laughs> people loved the Andos 20 thing last yeah. week. They fucking it, loved it. It was a magnificent story. And we're glad we could share it with you, but uh, look, everyone ran with it. <laughs> we ran with it to the max, to the point where we had a, a listener, uh, Dan, uh, he's a Twitter, I think it's Dashing Dan one We actually changed his, uh, his Twitter name remained Dashing Dan one but he actually changed his name on Twitter to Ando's 20 in decline. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's just sensational work. And then the amount of, and like then these, the fake, the fake RTs were going around Twitter with like people like fake RTing at Ando's 20. <laughs> yeah, same shit. Magnificent. Oh, fuck, it was good times. And um, I, I wished, um, you know, Gronks like that had raised their head, you know, or, or be dispatched by, you know, whoever wants people to give us one star reviews on, you know, not, not naming any names. Um, but yeah, Ando, so I don't think he'll want to surf the surface. He's uh, internet famous and he probably doesn't even know it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, based on some of the revelations that came to light in, in um, you know, us reviewing and processing his one-star review, I, I don't think we'll hear from him anytime soon. Exactly. And it's just, it's it's fantastic when shit like that just, la- it just fucking lands on your lap. Like, we didn't have to do anything for that. I just literally just yeah. put it into Twitter. Someone just put it into, up. Put it into Google and then you just get, you know... You know, bang my wife, fucking whatever, blah blah blah. And he's like, "This shit's just gold." Bang Solid my gold. wife in the back of my Camry. Exactly. Whilst I play bowls. <laughs> so. Dot com. Let's get onto some fantastic reviews. I'm happy to say that all four reviews this week were five star reviews. The first one came from Shabugan, whose name I do recognise from Twitter. Yes. So he said, uh, "Complete bias and huge amounts of profanity contribute towards making the." Easily the funniest sports podcast there is. What is surprising is the level of insight on display, and there's certainly plenty here. You could do a hell of a lot worse than subscribe and get in on the fun. And if you don't like it, hash taste in decline. <laughs> Tigers for the win. And sorry, his, uh, his, his title of the review is simply the best five stars. Legend. So we've got Bretto, 1970. Do yourself a favor, five stars. This is the highlight of the week. The boys are informed and irreverent. The depth of knowledge is awesome, really comprehensive. Next one. Cheers, from- Boner, 1978. It's Boner himself. There you go. Tailor made for Rugby League Tragics, five stars. This is how I came to giving this podcast five stars. I added five stars for the nicknames, in jokes, and the fearless tell it like it is attitude the boys have. I subtracted one star for the biased, one eyed, manly, and tiger views that infiltrate the podcast constantly, <laughs> but the bagging they give each other makes up for it. I added one star for the hashtag that'll never die, hashtag is in decline. <laughs> I, I subtracted one star for the butchering of my name every time I Twitter. Boner, <laughs> boner, 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 boner. And I finally added one star for the boys providing me a podcast every Thursday morning that is tailor-made for Rugby League Tragics. TWIL is hilarious, informative, and a weekly ritual that I cannot do without. Keep it up, fellas. P.S. Add another 10 stars for the character assassinations of people who don't like the show, e.g. Sharkman05. (laughs) P.S. Take 50 of your own stars away and fucking get a name that's easy to pronounce. 
Jeez, ungrateful. Uh, next one, DJ Ronnie G. Massive Tigers fan, but can't help it. Hashtags in decline. Five stars. Brother. Tigers brother. fans are even getting on it. Sensational. Don't feed the fuckheads. Love Glenn's entertaining and intelligent look at the week that was. Nate is just a massive gronk. LOL. Nah, been listening for about a year now. Love your work, boys. Best league podcast on the planet, bar none. Good on you, mate. What a fantastic review. Fucking legend. <laughs> now, tip Don't feed the fuckheads, eh, buddy? <laughs> It will never die. I mean, I thought Provoke the Choke was good, but this is my fucking masterpiece. All right. Tipping. I'm in 39th, so I'm up a couple of spots. You're in 80th, but that's up a couple of spots too, so we're both moving in the right direction. The top of the table hasn't changed a heck of a lot. The first two places remain exactly the same. Langer's 38 on top. He's on 67, one point ahead of second place Whitey. Fucking Poms. Yeah. Yeah, Todd H, nineteen eighty seven. He's uh, moved up uh, into uh, third place. It's me, Cookie Bra, up into fourth place, and Skinny is up into fifth place. And the people that, there was a bit of a log jam there, about six or seven people all tied in the same. That's been spread out now, and um, the top five is actually a top five. Clearly, uh, you know, while we're doing things like normal humans do, like bathing, those pomps are just sitting there studying the form. Yeah, aren't they? But, I mean, studying, that's the problem. Studying the form doesn't get you anywhere this season because it's so fucking variable. Yep. Typical poms, they're just drawing out of a fucking bowler hat. Exactly. Filled with Guinness. But, hey, it works. All right, fantasy. Uh, it was a bit of a bi-affected week, but I got 1,134, which is not too bad. You got 1,033, which is pretty good too, except when your opponent got 1,147 and sent you to your ninth straight defeat in the competition that we have in common. Yes. How about your other ones? Uh, I think I jagged, I think I jagged one or two wins, but yeah. other than that, it was comprehensive de- defeats. To, to the undefeated. For, for undefeated. <laughs> oh, and sorry, just reminded me as well, um, Simo, Simo Ali, who is on Twitter, yeah. um, he's cha- he's got a new account. He's opened up a new Twitter account, and it's uh, unbiased underscore asterisk. <laughs> and it's about being unbiased, 100% unbiased rugby league views. And he's got unbiased asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> So You're it just, welcome. It just reminded me. It just reminded me with your undefeated Asterisk team, um, shop. As we still got stock of the Revelation shirt, the hats, the stubby cool, etc. Now I've been racking my brain trying to think about how we can do something. You know, people want this Tigers in decline, or you know, whatever in decline. You know, something around that theme shirt. And I thought, I thought the best idea this morning, and I'm just going to float it to you now. How we do like a site like Kickstarter? You know, are you aware of the site Kickstarter.com? What it's oh, for? vaguely. So it's basically if you've got like a project or a product that you want to develop or something like that. And so you get on there and you say, this is the product, blah, blah, blah. You know, you put up concepts of it, whatever. Um, people have done all sorts of things like from, you know, for video games, um, watches, you know, various sorts of bits and pieces. But say we did the shirt, put it up there, and then people basically then back the project. And then depending on the amount of money they back it, then, you know, there's certain rewards and stuff that come through. So say if, you know, people were to back it like you know, 30, 30, 40 bucks or something, then they guarantee they get a shirt, you know, and other people back it less. Eventually, there's a certain amount of money we'd need to get a run of shirts off. You know, it'd probably be about like, probably 800 bucks or something like sure. that. Sure. And if we could back it to that point with like pre-orders and then people just wanted to back the project and, you know, then we could throw in something extra for the people that back it as well, like, you know, get some stickers or, you know, we've got stuff cool stuff like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, and like, yeah it makes sense. Might be an easy Let way to know get that. Yeah, so let's know think of that idea and then start getting ideas in there as well because um Of course instead of just backing us on Kickstarter you could just buy some fucking merch that we've already got. Jesus. Once again, I have to I have to say it, ungrateful, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> 
But um, yeah, that's an idea. Gives feedback, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's all I got for this week. You're about to fall asleep. Yes, it's going to be an interesting drive home. It is. It is. Match matchsticks for my eyelids. Yeah. All right. So we'll leave it there. See you next week. See ya. If you're into UFC, strike force, and mixed martial arts in general, make sure you listen to This Week in MMA. It's available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and TWIMMA.com. It's out every Friday morning. It's free. Get on it.